0: Um, so with our Series A, we really focused on hiring, particularly on the development team. So we started out with about 35 people when I started, and now we're we're just about 60 people. Uh, but when I did start, everything was pretty bare bones. So I needed to, to set up everything, like our, our ATS, our HRIS system, setting up interview processes, the onboarding processes, you know, benefits, comp benchmarking. Yeah, you name it. So it's
1: definitely been a busy last 12 months. Hello and welcome to another episode of Scaling So Far, uh, our podcast series where we have candid chats with founders and talent leaders at some of Europe's most exciting startups and scale-ups, um, focusing particularly on their growth journey and really what that looks like from a people perspective. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, Samantha Rao, head of people at Amsterdam-based based health tech Silo. Samantha, huge welcome and thank you for joining us. How are you doing this afternoon?
0: Hi, Marissa. Yeah, thank you for having me. Doing great, thanks.
1: So, tell us. I'm I'm hearing that maybe you're not originally from Amsterdam. So, tell us a little <laughs> bit about you, how you got there, your journey so far. How's it all going? Yeah,
0: yes, that is correct. Not from Amsterdam. So I'm originally from the US and actually was living in San Francisco for the last seven years before moving to Amsterdam last summer. Uh, so ever since college, I worked in tech mostly at earlier stage startups. I started out on the, the sales side I quickly realized that wasn't quite for me, but I really enjoyed the relationship building aspect of sales. So decided to give recruiting a try and, you know, been really, really, loving it so with recruiting i started out on the agency side and then ultimately went went Mm -hmm. in-house while i was in-house i really thought it was so cool how you can see so much more of the employee journey past talent acquisition so that was always something i really wanted to get more exposure to Um, so then fast forward early 2020 my husband and i we were fresh off of our honeymoon and decided that we wanted to move internationally. So we started looking for roles in Amsterdam. Um, and when I came across the opportunity at Silo, I was really excited about it, uh, not only because it's a, it's a really attractive industry, an important industry, but also because it would be a role where I would be the first in-house people person. I'd be able to build Processes from the ground up, which is something that is really interesting to me, and then also get that exposure of the full employee journey. So, yeah, here I am.
1: And I just have to ask so I know San Francisco a little bit,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, I know Amsterdam a little bit. There's water in both. <laughs> other major shocks to the system or great experiences after making that move? Yeah, I mean, th- I think that amsterdam is is
0: very flat, which is something that i I knew going in, but didn't quite realize how how flat it was you know after living in a place where there are mountains you can you can actually see the different landscapes and even before San francisco I was in in Denver, so I always lived around places really with,
1: mountains with yeah,
0: mountains, yeah. so it is yeah shocking how how flat it is, but it's makes it easier to go on runs, that's for sure.
1: Excellent. And there's loads of bike riding and amazing food from my experiences of being there as well. Okay. So now you're the the head of people at Silo. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the company's mission and vision? What you guys are, are, are trying to achieve there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what Silo is, is a secure medical communication app designed to help healthcare professionals better collaborate on patient care. Um, So Mm -hmm. we're really on a mission to break down the the silos in healthcare, hence the Mm -hmm. name SILO. And so, yeah, right now we are the largest medical network in Europe. We have over 300,000 users and 500 million messages exchanged.
1: Excellent. And having been someone who has lived in Europe and has had to access healthcare um, during that time, I can tell you that uh, something like SILO would have been incredibly helpful in my life 10 years ago when I was living in Prague So great to see that um, that something like Silo is, is really gaining so much momentum so quickly. Um, how does your role fit into Silo achieving that mission?
0: Yeah, I think just everything on on the people side, making sure I'm hiring the right people, retaining talent, developing talent. So I'm making sure our current employees are happy and supported and able to to grow and And really making sure they understand how their work contributes to the overall
1: mission of the company. Well, um, I don't want to mention the P word, but I kind of have to. Um, You moved internationally to work for a health tech company in the middle of a global pandemic. That's the P word that always makes me start to get a bit itchy. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: How has that been? What was the growth? What was the impact? That must have been phenomenal for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely a crazy, crazy last year, you know, having having started uh, about about a year ago, so in the middle of the pandemic, mm-hmm. moving internationally, and actually a few months after I moved, we raised our Series A. So, you know, fortunately, we have been able to do really well throughout the whole pandemic. And mm-hmm. we've had a lot, yeah, a lot of traction with, with users and um, so with our Series A, we really focused on hiring, particularly mm-hmm. on the development team. So we started out with about 35 people when I started, and now we're we're just about 60 people. Uh, but when I did start, everything was pretty bare bones. So I needed to to set up everything like our our ATS, our HRIS mm-hmm. system, setting up the interview processes, the onboarding processes, you know, benefits, comp benchmarking. Yeah, you name it. So it's definitely been a busy last twelve months.
1: And in the middle of all of that, you guys have been named as one of the top fifty most disruptive startups in the Sprout Challenger fifty for, for twenty twenty. Yeah. Um so what have your priorities been or how have your priorities changed with that growth and acceleration in the last year?
0: Yeah, I think our you know, we haven't really shifted our priorities too much I think we're really just focusing on hiring the right roles we're we're trying to be really thoughtful about our hiring and make sure we're not just you know hiring roles that that are not needed but just mm-hmm. being really thoughtful making sure we specific person can can be impactful in their role and make sure it is it is needed so we mm-hmm. really haven't
1: shifted our priorities too much Amazing. Um, I have to I, I have to say, like, I, I just think the journey that you have been on over the last 12 months, it sounds like it would have been absolutely incredible with everything that you guys on a personal and professional level would, would have faced. So kudos yeah. to you, Samantha. I, I can't imagine for, for, for you what it must have been like. I am going to ask you one one question that's, that's a little bit off piece. Obviously, you spent a lot of time recruiting in San Francisco and now uh, doing a lot of hiring in Europe are there any learnings that you've brought over anything you've had to unlearn um you know about um, about how hiring might be different in Europe any any insights that you can share with us on that
0: yeah that's that's a really great question i i think that starting starting recruiting and hiring in in san francisco maybe learn learn a lot. And I think that, I mean, that is probably the most competitive place to hire, especially since Mm -hmm. I started out in tech recruiting, you -hmm. know, right, right out of undergrad, their developers are so there's just so much demand and people are expecting so much. So I actually, Mm -hmm. it's been, been very pleasant recruiting in, in Amsterdam. Honestly, I think people are just, they seem way more happy about I think it really helps working for a mission-driven dri- company like like Silo. So I think it's actually really been really great for people to just care more about the work rather than a salary or you know what yeah. type of
1: <laughs> what type of
0: snacks you have at the, the office or or things like that. So I think those kind of superficial <laughs> like perks mm-hmm. and benefits are way more important to people in in the Bay Area, I think, even earlier on in their career. So that's that's been interesting. And it it doesn't seem as as competitive, which is which is also pretty nice.
1: I I have to admit I have some experience from from having worked in many companies that are based out there and everything that you've just said certainly aligns with, with my um my experiences and knowledge of of hiring out there as well. So um, hopefully it's, uh, a, a, you know, much, much more refreshing to work for that mission-driven co- kind of company. And, and you know, it's, it's great to hear you talk about that because that's certainly something that, that we know from a, from a talent perspective is really what's driving talent acquisition in, in a lot of the partners that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so focusing a little bit on that hiring plan. So you were talking about, focusing on bringing in the right people and making sure that every role is really critical. Are there any myths or any mistruths out there about building that initial team, that kind of startup team that, that you, you perhaps think need to be debunked?
0: Yeah, I think that it kind of, kind of looking at it from maybe like traps that I've fallen into and that something that I know that I'm, I'm still guilty of myself at times is to, there's so much that needs to be done so i you know i find myself sometimes just running with running with things or ideas to implement before really getting the buy-in from my internal mm. stakeholders and so you know in my mind i don't want to put more on on other people's plates but really realizing that the success of what i'm trying to implement really greatly increases when you have alignment from your business partners along the way and they really understand why it's important, and they're involved in the decisions. And it's not just a, another check on the box from the HR team that, that they need to do. And so in this way, when you have the managers and leadership aligned, then they can also get their team on board. And so something I'm really trying to remember that the adoption of people processes will really only work if you have the partnership from, from the management and leadership along the way.
1: It's so true. You can come up with the most amazing tools, the most cool employer branding plans, the the most amazing um, processes. And if nobody's using it, then you, know, you, you may as well not be there. So it's, it's a really, really important, um, important message. Um, what's on your agenda um, looking forward now, sort of in the next six to 12 months? What is what's your talent and people priorities for the next little while at Silo?
0: Yeah, I think now that we're actually we have the tools set up so we can function mm-hmm. properly, we can really take a look at the different areas that need attention. So
1: mm-hmm. we
0: actually recently did a, a health check of everything people related. You we know, broke it into different categories to see how how we're doing and what we want to focus on. So some of the upcoming initiatives we have are, are feedback training for for the whole company. So people really Know how to give good feedback and how to receive feedback. Um, developing an onboarding buddy system, which is feedback we actually got from an engagement survey that that we sent out, that people would really like to see that. Um, and then speaking of the engagement survey, we we now will be sending them out quarterly. So we we just got one back, and so we really also want to kind of have a, a workshop as a. a management leadership team to really figure out how we can take actions on those. So yeah, those are some of the things we'll be working on.
1: It's so nice to hear the circle of you're doing the feedback training and the way that you're doing that is by getting feedback on an engagement survey. And, and the, that sort of ties really nicely together that you're living and role modeling the behavior that that you're trying to get people to adopt as well. So um, yeah, it sounds, just sounds like a really, really great place to work, if I'm honest. And and the next thing that I wanna ask you about really does make it sound like it is an extraordinary place to work, which is in the world of technology, in the startup space, in Europe, um, you have just around about 60 employees and you have managed to achieve almost perfect gender diversity, 50-50 split across the, across the business. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that you have got some kind of magic solution that you can share as <laughs> to how you did that because that is an extraordinary achievement truly you cannot under 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 or under under um articulate how important that is.
0: Yeah definitely it is something we're we're very proud of and and I wish I could tell you you know exactly how we've done that or what the <laughs> magic solution is. <laughs> But I think that there's a few different things that contribute to that. Um, you know, we we are a very international team in general, and that's something that we we are also very proud of, and we we celebrate, and we've been able to do that because we are able to sponsor visas for those who are non EU citizens, which is actually very unique for a company of our size, and I know that firsthand just mm-hmm. with interviewing. At other startups and scaleups in in Amsterdam, who are not willing to do that, so I think that that really helps. And I think just by being being diverse in that way really just naturally helps with the gender diversity because it shows that diversity and inclusion is something that we do prioritize. Uh, but you know, lately something we've we've been really focusing on is highlighting women in healthcare because we recognize that it is a male dominated industry. So. Um uh, recently, we uh, showcased an interview from a group of female surgeons in Germany who connected through Silo. Um, also, last quarter, we had a fireside chat with a, a female surgeon who really just talked about her experience uh, working as a um, minority. And so uh, I think those things really help. Uh, also, we make sure that our gender, or excuse me, our job descriptions are gender neutral. So really look, mm. looking at those, um looking at culture ad versus culture fit. Oh wow well, so, yeah the so magic the,
1: the magic phrase there it is <laughs> yeah
0: exactly. I mean so you know even though we we do have that, that 50-50 gender ratio within the company as a whole we're we're still not quite where we want to be on the product and engineering side. Um but it, it is top of mind and I think hopefully with some of these other initiatives that, that we're doing, we'll, we'll
1: get there. And look, it's, it's admirable that you've achieved it already and that it's such a priority in such an early phase of as the company's growth. And naturally, one, one can only hope that if you've embedded that as part of how you work so soon, that it will just continue to be part of how you operate and, and part of how you continue to scale and grow. And, and kudos to you and to the whole team there, because it's something that we hear a lot of people talk about. Um, we don't necessarily see a lot of people actually being able to deliver on that. So, you know, congratulations on on achieving that already. Um, Thank you. As I understand it, and and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, the team is connected and and the way that you work at Silo is the commitment to bridge silos between, um, uh, sorry, in healthcare at scale. How do you, as part of your, your talent acquisition process, how are you identifying those people, how do you know that they're going to be great culture ads for, for silo in that regard?
0: Yeah, you know, I think for us, since it, it is not a requirement in the majority of our roles mm. to have previous experience in in healthcare, but we, you know, of course want to see people who really care about what, what we're doing mm. and working for a mission driven company. So like I mentioned earlier, you know Thankfully, it is an easy mission to get behind. And when we are having conversations with, with candidates, they, they do really understand the importance of, of a product like ours, especially in a in a time like this. Um, but I think one thing we we do is our, our CEO tries to meet with all the candidates before we hire them. And in in that interview, it is really focus on their motivations to join Silo. So I think having having that conversation before we Bring anyone on and making sure that we're all all aligned and you know working toward the same common goal has been really helpful.
1: Excellent, and I mean, who isn't passionate about healthcare after what the world is going through at the moment? I've never known so much about how to make a vaccine in my life as I do now. (laughs) So, um, no, it, it it truly is like so important that people. Are passionate about the products and and passionate about the sector that they're working in because you know you want them to deliver and you want them to be excited about what they do as well so um, that's already embedded again as part of your your company your way of working and uh, and no doubt will continue to be. Um, Pivot a little bit again looking forward over the next year or so um the world of work has changed. We've seen all of the the buzzwords and the new normal and the this and the that and the other, but the world of work has fundamentally changed. Um mm-hmm. what do you think are going to be some of the biggest challenges that you'll be facing in the next 12 months or so?
0: Yeah, and I think this this will be common for for a lot of you know people mm-hmm. and talent leaders, but basically figuring out how we how we navigate the working environment mm-hmm. post-COVID, you know, deciding what the new normal will look like mm-hmm. for us. Like, you know I can tell a lot of people you know internally are already getting antsy, what you know when are we going back to the office what what does that rollout look like and so that's something we're trying to get get ahead of by you know surveying employees to understand what what do they want? Do they want a you know a hybrid model? I think a lot of people do want to continue working remotely mm-hmm. in at least some capacity but um, if we do continue to do that making sure that we get feedback on how our remote processes can be can be improved and what um, you know, what safety measures we need to take and just just updating, you know, policies in general. So I think that'll be kind of a big, big challenge, but something that we'll have to do sooner rather than later.
1: And um how have you guys perhaps you know from from your own experience or from the experience of, of your network as well, like there's been a really big focus on mental health um over the over the past while and and of course going into the the new normal, the new world of work. Any particular initiatives or particular ideas or, or strategies that you've put in place, or would like to put in place, to perhaps address some of the the mental health challenges that people have been having over the past year?
0: Yeah, I think just with we talked about you know feedback. That's something yeah, that yeah. we we've been asking a lot of our employees a lot throughout the whole pandemic. You know how how are you doing? What can we do to better support you? Um, we do have a uh, mental health allowance where people can, you know, use that toward, you know, like mindfulness apps or meditation or things like that, you know, therapy, things that can help support their, mm-hmm. their mental health. But, you know, we're, we're really open to hearing you know, the feedback and what, what we can do to, to support that. I think just, just mm-hmm. in general, a lot of people, what we found from, from the surveys that we sent out are people just really mi- missing that social aspect. So we have yeah. You know implementing what what we can whether it be virtual or even just you know pairing up and doing doing walks around the city just just really mm-hmm. trying to do what we can to to keep that social aspect still there
1: i think if there's one positive thing that has come out of all of this it's that it's become a topic of conversation mm-hmm. um you know that it is a priority and people are openly trying to um to talk about it address it solve for it if they can um, and and you know maybe that's one one positive thing that's come out of um, of the last twelve months. There are many others, of course. But um, uh, pivoting a little bit, a couple of lighthearted questions. Try and uh, try and make it a little bit uh, a little bit more lighthearted so that we um, finish on a high. Um, is there anything that you are obsessed with? Anything that you really love that you're unapologetically passionate about?
0: Yeah, I think something that I've really been Kind of obsessed with living in Amsterdam is just discovering hidden gems to mm-hmm. to photograph. I'm definitely by no means a, a good photographer, but even just taking my my iPhone, mm-hmm. I really make it a mission every week to find a new place to to take pictures of. And for me too, not having lived in a place with with all four seasons for for so long, and now having that in Amsterdam, and now that I've successfully lived here all all four mm-hmm. seasons, you know, really going back to the same same spots and and photographing them in all four seasons and just to me it's so so cool how you know how different it looks I kind of forget what that's like
1: and um there are a few places in Europe where you would see such a distinct contrast between all the four seasons and it is a a beautiful city to photograph as I'm I'm sure you know already just the, the architecture in particular I I was always incredibly um moved by um that particularly the center of Amsterdam but um and beyond that, is there any kind of thought or phrase or, or quote or anything that you live by?
0: Yeah, I think what one that really comes to my mind that I that I try to live by is just there, there's no time like the present. I think this yeah. this can relate to just so many things in life. Mm. But you know, if if you want to do something, make it happen. Even just with my move to Amsterdam, it's always something that I'm like, oh, that that would be cool, but like, what am I waiting for? You know, just just do it. So, I think especially with the the pandemic too, it's more, you know, don't don't wait to do things. You know, if you if you can, you know, do do them. Don't wait to make that phone call, don't wait to do that trip because you never know when you, you won't be able to.
1: You never know when you won't be able to travel abroad and see your family again. <laughs> exactly. Something I've been thinking about a little bit over the last few months as well. Yeah. Um, is there a people leader or a founder or a, a particular person leader in, in in the space out there that that is someone that that really you know um, uh, connects with you or someone that you found to be quite inspirational?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Sarah Nam, who is the co-founder and former CEO of, of Lover, she's someone mm-hmm. that I think is is really inspirational. I did. Um, I saw her speak at an event a few years ago at the, the Lover office, and she's, mm-hmm. she's really passionate about uh, workplace diversity and inclusion, and she's, mm-hmm. uh, she's scaled Lover with maintaining that, that 50-50 um, gender ratio, so obviously something that we're, we're trying to model after, but yeah, I think she's
1: really awesome. I can say that I have had the pleasure of meeting Sarah in person myself and I 100% concur with everything that you have just said. So thank you so much for mentioning her because... um Yes, as as part of having used Lever myself and, and purchased it before um I got the opportunity to meet her and um and definitely an inspirational co founder and somebody who has actually quite dramatically changed the way that we work in, in talent acquisition and, and the way that ATSs are structured and built and and really looking at it from the candidate perspective and uh and um, the external point of view as opposed to like an internal operating system, you know, like a, a, a typical APS might have been a few, a few years back. So yes, definitely worth mentioning her. Yeah. Um, Samantha, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Um, it's rare that I get to talk to somebody who has actually been able to go out there and, and achieve some of those I want to say moonshot goals or, or dream goals that, that we have. And you know whether it's moving across the other side of the world, whether it's being involved in a company that is doing something really good and really useful, achieving 50-50 gender diversity in a startup, in technology, which is amazing. Um, I've just really enjoyed uh, learning a little bit more about you and your journey and, and what you guys are doing at Silo. So thank you so much for making the time to speak with us this afternoon. I wish you and the entire team at Silo another fantastic year of growth and another fantastic year of achieving some more of those dreams so thank you very much for your time this afternoon
0: of course yeah thank you so much Marissa. this is really enjoyable